0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. First of all, I just want to say happy fall, y'all. Who's excited for fall? Because I sure am. I will say summer and fall are my two favorite seasons out of the year just because I love hot weather and then fall is just a very interesting transitional season where we go from summer Um, into winter, but it's not too hot. It's not too cold. I love that it's a very cozy time of the year. The weather's perfect. It's beautiful outside. The fall decor is one of my favorite things. I love decorating for fall. I have my fall candles lighting in my apartment right now and my whole apartment smells like fall and pumpkins and It just smells delicious and it's just making my atmosphere and my apartment feel a lot cozier. So that is why I love fall so much. It's just a very cozy time of the year and that's just something that really goes with my vibe and my mood. So for today's episode, I wanted to talk more about... Being a vegetarian and living a cruelty-free lifestyle. So for those of you who don't know, I am a vegetarian. I have actually only been a vegetarian for maybe about four years now. So it hasn't been too long, but it feels like I've been a vegetarian forever. And with this episode, I just wanted to talk more about how I got into that transition, why I made the decision, why I am cruelty-free in general and how that's kind of challenging um in terms of making things fit my lifestyle because it certainly affects different products that i use and it affects things that i buy and it's taught me to be a lot more mindful with my purchases so for anyone who is a vegetarian or maybe even a vegan or somebody who wants to make that transition I definitely think this will be a really good episode for you to listen to. So, with that being said, let's jump into the basics of just why I first wanted to be cruelty free because that actually came first before I became a vegetarian. So, it wasn't until maybe in grad school where I started to become a little bit more mindful of beauty products that I was using. So, for me, I am a huge animal lover and I don't support animal testing and as someone who loves animals I just felt like it was kind of hypocritical to be using products that test on animals and it causes them a lot of harm and stress and sometimes even at death so I was starting to do my research on what is technically considered cruelty free because there isn't really any legal definition of cruelty free status cruelty free is technically a marketing term but there are different standards or things that could definitely make a product to be considered cruelty free based off a few things so one of that is being that the product cannot sell or market in mainland China Hong Kong is an exception and it can't be a part of any post marketing or pre marketing testing So I do know that China recently lifted this ban, but products can still be subjected to post-marketing testing. So something that is still sold in China still technically is not cruelty-free. So until China does away with the post-marketing testing laws, then it opens up the door for more brands to be cruelty-free. But the biggest thing is, is that it cannot sell in mainland China as of right now because China is one of those countries that does require animal testing. Even though the laws have changed, there's still that post-market testing, which is pretty much the exemption. Another thing to look out for is to make sure that the product ingredients are not being sold by suppliers that also test on animals. That one is definitely a lot harder to get a grip on, but... I think it really comes down to trusting brands and also I think brands should be more mindful of where they are getting their supplies from and asking the right kinds of questions so products can be cruelty-free. That's very important in my opinion and I feel like it's one that's also really overlooked. Another one is the brand asking third parties to test the ingredients or formulas or any finished products on animals on its behalf. That's another red flag to look out for. I'd say those are the three biggest ones. So it's about like the ingredients, the suppliers and the manufacturers and if it's being marketed in China. So now that you kind of get an understand of what cruelty free criteria looks like, even though this isn't a legal definition, that's a good start. In terms of wanting to be more mindful and not support brands that test on animals. Now, one thing to also look out for is that there are parent companies that test on animals, but the companies below them are cruelty free. So for an example is NYX and NYX is owned by L'Oreal. So while L'Oreal does test on animals, NYX Cosmetics doesn't. And so NYX is making a lot of money. And so the reason why people still support NYX, even though L'Oreal is still making money, it's for L'Oreal to get a wake-up call and say, this is where a lot of our money is going. So hopefully that L'Oreal also makes a decision to go cruelty-free. And that is why there are plenty of people who still support Um, companies that are owned by parent companies because they hope that it still makes a change and some people don't purchase products from NYX because they're owned by L'Oreal and that's totally fine I'm totally fine for buying products that are owned by parent companies but I do my research I know where the money is going to and I know the cause that I'm supporting and what the purpose is by still supporting brands like NYX or even Urban Decay Just because I want these parent companies to see where most of their money is coming from. So I fully went cruelty free once I moved to San Francisco. And it started off with beauty products. And then I got even crazier where it came down to hygiene products and even cleaning products. Yes, cleaning products can be cruelty free. There are specific brands out there. So I don't purchase things from like Clorox or Tide Windex. I don't purchase toothpaste like Colgate or um, Crest. I typically go for Toms or Native in terms of brands when it comes to toothpaste or even um, deodorant. Shampoos, conditioners, soaps, body wash, you name it. Any hygienic product, I make sure that the product is cruelty free. All my skincare products are cruelty free all of my perfumes are cruelty-free, my cleaning supplies, my dish soap. It's its a lot. And I know some people probably think that I'm absolutely insane for getting this nitty gritty. But to me, this is important. And I know I'm not the only person out there that is careful with where they purchased our products from and where they choose to put their money into in terms of brands. So once I started making that commitment to better myself and to also help animals, that is when I realized, well, Alana, you're still being a hypocrite because you still eat poultry. And for me, who's is someone who actually has a really bad relationship with food, I never really ate that many meat products to begin with. I loved chicken. I would eat hot dogs and corned beef. And that was pretty much it. Oh, and turkey bacon. So then eventually I decided to cut out beef. So I would cut out hot dogs and corned beef. And then I would only just strictly move to poultry. I think the biggest thing is to say here is that transitioning from being an omnivore to a vegetarian or even a vegan or maybe even a pescatarian It's a challenge. I definitely think you need to take baby steps at a time when it comes to making this transition. It's not easy. I definitely struggled with it at first because there were so many chicken based products that I loved. I used to love eating Chick-fil-A. I love chicken nuggets. I love chicken sandwiches, whether it was fried or grilled, you named it. I absolutely loved how it tastes. I've learned to kind of stop my cravings and it took a while to get over it. I'm not going to lie. There are some days where I do crave McDonald's chicken nuggets or I crave a nice, juicy, crispy sandwich from Chick-fil-A, even though I don't really support Chick-fil-A anymore. But oh my God, I absolutely loved Chick-fil-A when I was a kid. And I mean, I do think that they have some of the best fast food chicken sandwiches out there, despite their moral beliefs. But At the same time, I had to be mindful and I wanted to be a better person and not support brands that believe in really shitty things. But that's not the point that I'm trying to make here. I'm just saying like I still get cravings from time to time, but I find ways to satisfy it with plant-based meats. And I also try to eat those plant-based meats in moderation because technically they're not the most nutritious for you. I mean, they still have the protein, but there's a lot of sodium involved, and there are some ingredients, and it's processed, but it does help satisfy those cravings when I do want it. And I also get my protein from other kinds of ways. So, to back up to the beginning, as someone who was preaching this cruelty free lifestyle, and somebody who was very particular about what products they purchased, and then it even came down to clothes and also other maybe kinds of fabrics that i would buy so anything that was made from animal skin i wouldn't buy so if it was made out of wool or leather or sheepskin which is technically still wool i guess but whatever it was and if it came from an animal i didn't want to own it so that was another thing that i had to take into consideration plus being leather free definitely makes it harder for me to enjoy luxury fashion because all luxury fashion is pretty much made out of leather and it is unbelievably beyond frustrating so i find ways to make it work and i've found other brands and i found luxury fashion ideas that can cater to my lifestyle and I realized, okay, so I'm preaching this cruelty-free lifestyle, but I'm still eating animals, right? Something needs to change. I had to make a very tough decision for myself and decide that I wanted to become a vegetarian. And the reason it was to become a vegetarian over vegan is because I still really enjoy eating eggs. And I don't think I will be able to give up eating eggs anytime soon. As it's a great source of fat and protein and i absolutely love how eggs taste and i've tried vegan eggs before and it just really isn't the same and i've tried a lot of vegan alternatives that i think do taste the same and they taste great but vegan eggs they're just not it so i knew that this was going to be a very slow process So I decided to eventually cut out the beef. So that was step one, was no longer eating hot dogs and corned beef. And then I slowly decided to stop eating turkey-based products. And I was just only focusing on chicken. And then eventually I was able to bite the bullet and cut chicken cold turkey. I know it's kind of funny. It wasn't easy. And so I had to basically readjust my diet and I had to be mindful of what I was going to be doing when it came to grocery shopping. I had to make sure that there wasn't any animal shortening, hidden any ingredients. I had to start checking ingredients to make sure that there wasn't any animal byproduct in there or slaughtered byproduct, I should say. Because if you're vegetarian... You don't have any slaughtered byproduct, but you could still have animal byproduct as eggs would be an example, as it's not slaughtered byproduct, but it's still animal byproduct. And so I had to really do my research and readjust my diet and my whole lifestyle. And over time, it got a lot easier. And I'm very happy with the choice that I made. I think my stomach and my digestion has also gotten a lot better since I became a vegetarian. I also didn't even really like cooking meat to begin with. I will say cooking chicken is such a bitch. And maybe I'm just saying this because I'm a really bad cook and no matter how many times I follow directions on a recipe or from a recipe, I mean, it just still comes out bad and it just doesn't taste good. Like it would from a restaurant. And that was really discouraging me. And it was really frustrating. And so I realized, okay, I'm so happy that I no longer have to prepare chicken anymore. Because it was such a pain in the ass to cook to begin with. And it's nice that I'm finally done. And that I don't have to worry about that anymore. So that was a really easy step for me. And one thing that I certainly did not miss. And so... I look back on it now and I'm really glad that I made the change to live this kind of lifestyle. It's really important for me. I love animals more than I love people. And what makes me so frustrated is that humans decided that they're more superior than animals just because animals function differently than humans. They live differently than humans. They can't speak English unless you're a parrot. But even though parrots still don't have the full capacity to have a full conversation with a person, and I just don't like that humans have decided that they are above all, that they are better than animals. I don't believe in that. I think animals will always be better than people. But I have no regrets about being a vegetarian, and I have no regrets about the lifestyle that I've made for myself. People ask me from time to time, do you get any hate for being a vegetarian? And the answer was no, but I know that my mom was not very supportive and she still really struggles with me being a vegetarian and I don't understand why. She always makes excuses saying, well, when you visit, what am I supposed to cook for you? I don't know how to cook vegetarian meals and I'm thinking, what are you talking about? you cook it the same way that you would cook your regular meals. You just take out the meat. When I told her I wanted to make tofu for dinner, she was questioning why I was eating tofu because she doesn't buy tofu. She doesn't eat tofu. But it was really frustrating because she was like, well, I don't know how to prepare tofu. I don't know how to cook tofu. I don't know what to do with it. And I said, it's really not that hard. Well, first you have to press out all the liquid and the juices from the tofu so you can dry the tofu out because that's how it will cook better. And then you throw it on a frying pan. It's super easy to prepare. Like tofu is not a complicated thing to cook with. And she still didn't care. So yeah, from time to time, my mom does give me a hard time about being a vegetarian and she's always concerned that I'm not getting enough protein. But let me tell you, I'm getting a lot of protein in. Do I struggle with getting protein in from time to time? Yes, absolutely I do. I don't think it's hard to be a vegetarian, and I don't think it's hard to be a vegan. I eat lots of different foods to get my protein in. Egg weights are some of my best friends. Eggs are my best friends. Protein powder is my best friend. Beans are my best friends. High protein pasta is my best friend vegetables have a lot of protein in them that's a great source of getting protein in there are so many ways to get protein in it really doesn't concern me one single bit and I just really wish that my family could be more supportive of me being a vegetarian or more it's like my mom my mom is the only one who still really gives me a hard time my siblings and my dad don't really care that i'm a vegetarian i think they were definitely shocked at first when i went vegetarian and they were concerned about what i was going to be eating but they got over it and they realized that you know what i'm healthy i'm eating and that's all that matters to them so who were they to judge me for being a vegetarian and i don't think anyone should ever judge anyone for what they eat so I'm the kind of vegetarian who do not judge meat eaters. I think it's so important because this is what gives vegans and vegetarians such a bad name is the judgment that comes from this kind of lifestyle. So for anyone who is a vegan or a vegetarian listening, I'm asking you to stop bashing others for their food choices. Do I agree with people who want to eat meat? No. But that doesn't make them a bad person if people like food let's not shame them for their choices on what they want to eat if someone wants to make a lifestyle change then we can further educate them on what they need to do but to constantly give unsolicited opinions about people's food decisions is not necessary and that also goes for omnivores too i get so much shit from omnivores who want to judge me for eating certain things, not vegetarian related. So I really like cottage cheese, right? People think cottage cheese is disgusting. Well, guess what? I love cottage cheese and I really hate it when people yuck my yum. I don't know if anyone's heard that phrase before, but I learned that when I used to work with kiddos back in San Francisco and kids would say that all the time. Don't yuck my yum. And I'm like, okay, That is an amazing saying that I'm going to start using in my daily life now because it's so relatable. So anyway, I just think it's so important that we don't shame and mock people for our food choices. And I just think that it's really stupid. There's nothing wrong with eating foods that are different compared to what you want to eat. And that's really all I have to say about that it really pisses me off. It's like one of the biggest things that makes me mad. Another thing that makes me really mad is sometimes on dating apps, I will see guys who will say, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, swipe left. It won't work. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't that work? Like, why, why does what I eat affect you? It doesn't. Like, you shouldn't be bothered by my food choices, just like how I'm not going to be bothered by your food choices. It's just so stupid. And I think the argument is, well, what if I want to take you out to this restaurant and there's nothing for you to eat? Okay, well, how about you check with me first? It's called being a considerate partner and being mindful of my dietary preferences. I just don't think that's a good argument because if you're unwilling to compromise and to work with someone's dietary choices and their lifestyle, then that's not somebody you want to date. So that really frustrates me when I see people on dating apps saying, if you're a vegetarian or vegan, swipe left. It's, it's just like, why? Why do you care? Why does it matter? You and I can still enjoy an experience together and eat different foods. We do not have to like the same foods. That really frustrates me. Another one that I see on dating apps is, you shouldn't go out with me if you're a picky eater. That one really triggers me because I am a picky eater, and I've always had a really bad relationship with food growing up, and I still do to this day. There are some foods that I'm not as adverse to, like I was when I was a kid. Like, six-year-old Alana would not be eating green peppers and spinach. Now I love green peppers and spinach. I put that in my meals. Like I eat that stuff like every single day pretty much. So there are some things that I've been able to learn to love, but there are still many vegetables and many fruits and other sources of nutrition that I'm really averse to and I won't touch and I won't eat. And a man should not have an issue with that. It's just so fucking stupid. Again, why do you care what I eat? My food choices should have little effect on you. In fact, it should have no effect on you whatsoever. How about you be a compassionate and understanding person and try to see what you can do to help somebody to overcome their struggles with eating and be supportive? That really frustrates me. So that's a huge red flag that I see on dating profiles for men is when they judge people for their food choices and their lifestyle. That has no place in my life. And I encourage you to not let that have any place in your life. And I encourage you, for those who think that and you're listening and you have that in your dating profile, I encourage you to take that out and to be a little bit more open-minded because just because somebody's a picky eater or a vegan doesn't make them a bad person, but you shouldn't cross them out just because they wanna eat something different than you. You can still have a wonderful and fulfilling experience over food together. You don't always have to share your food. And if you do want to share food, again, that's what compromise is for. To all my vegan and vegetarian friends out there or those who live a cruelty-free lifestyle for the animals, please keep being you. Seriously, please don't stop advocating for animal rights and for the lives of animals. There's a reason as to why we're doing what we're doing. I know not all vegans and vegetarians are living this lifestyle for the animals, and they might be doing it for health reasons, and that's totally fine. I still believe that they're contributing to helping the lives of animals. I do think that we shouldn't shame people for our dietary preferences, but I still think that we should advocate for animals and continue to do so, and teach the world to cherish animals. Because they are so special. And I will never be sorry for thinking that animals are some of God's greatest creatures on earth. Like I said, I truly do believe animals are better than people. They always will be. They are so special to our world. And I feel like the world would be such a very depressing place if we didn't have animals in our life. Think about your cat, your dog, your fish, your lizard if you have pets, hold them close, love them tightly, and they matter. There's a reason as to why we have animals in our house, because we as humans, we need animals. At least that's my opinion. Animals are so important to our society, and I believe that they truly do make humans happy. So with that being said, I know a very short episode But I'm really, really unapologetic about being a vegetarian, and I'm really unapologetic about living this cruelty-free lifestyle. I hope that this episode helped you in any kind of way, especially if you're thinking about being a vegetarian or you want to learn how to be cruelty-free and you don't know where to start. I really hope that this gave you some insight, and you can always email me if you have any questions on making that transition and how to be more mindful, as I'm always happy to help. You can also email the podcast if you do have any experiences, um, whether you're shameless about it or unapologetic about it, to the podcast email at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at shamelesslyunapologetic. And with that, I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye.